Welcome to Chat About, sponsored today by the Bemidji Chrysler Center, Honda of Bemidji, and First National Bank Bemidji. There's a lot going on at School District 31. We get the details from the superintendent, Jeremy Olson, on Chat About. Jeremy, welcome back. Thank you so much. Well, we are, what, we're already into November, uh, two plus months into the school year. How's everything going at District 31? Well, uh, we have have our challenges and opportunities like anyone else. Uh, you know, we have had a great start of the school year in many respects. Um, the things, what I've been saying is the things we can control, we've been doing pretty well at. And, you know, some of the things are a little outside our control, like number of uh, bus drivers that we have. <laughs> uh, so again, shameless plug, if you are a bus driver, we'd love to uh, talk to you about that. And what a great opportunity. Um, we are short on, on bus drivers, so we're looking to recruit bus drivers. Um, that has posed some issues uh, for our district. Um, actually, a couple of weeks ago, we had to cancel a couple of routes. Um, obviously, we don't want to repeat that. Uh, that's something that we want to stay away from. And so we're looking to uh, continually, as we have all, uh, unfortunately, this is kind of a, a normal thing that you and I have talked about, yeah. is um, trying to recruit bus drivers and uh, get people into place so that we can have full slates of bus drivers. Okay. Yeah, that, that has been a challenge for seemingly a few years now yes. in Bemidji. Yes, it is. And it's across the state. You know, this is not something that's just Bemidji. Um, I think that we've done a pretty good job as a district in uh, trying to keep everything rolling. Um, but in, again, that impacted us here a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, you know, we had everyone driving. We had our, all of our managers, all of our transportation managers were driving. So it's, it's a challenge, and it's something we're trying to, uh, you know, with any kind of challenge, you want to look at the opportunities and say, how do we address this? What strategy do, do we put in place to uh, prevent this from happening in the future? And so that's what we're trying to work on. Okay. Um, in addition, you are uh, implementing step-by-step the strategic plan that was developed this past summer. We are. Um, I'm a big believer that with a strategic plan, you just don't throw 25 different things in, in place and try to, you know, see what happens, right? That's not the way that we want to operate as a school district. We're not a see what happens kind of district. We are a, a district that wants to be meticulous about our, our thought processes, our strategy, and then the implementation of that strategy. So right now we're in the process after uh, pretty much, you know, six months of, of development here now coming to terms with, okay, how are we going to implement and roll out our strategic plan? And our in our strategic directions, you know, we have to look at this as as really directions, you know, a roadmap of where we're going. Uh, so we are starting to roll that out. Uh, one of the big pieces is student achievement. You know, that was a, a big aspect of our strategic planning process. As we look at student achievement, um, one of the things that we're really focusing on at the elementary right now is in K five, looking at developing priority standards, the standards that we absolutely need to hit, um, and then trying to articulate those out. And then looking at common assessments, you know, what, how do we determine or assess whether the things we're doing are having an impact on students? And then how do, you know, so how do we measure it? But then also, if we are not um, up to standards, what are we going to do about that? You know, so there's a lot of those kind of conversations are happening. I'm, I'm just really proud of uh, the direction and work that our staff are taking on this. You know, we've spent a considerable amount of time and effort um, to start moving in these directions, having these conversations at grade levels, you know, having the conversations, how are we moving progressively forward from, you know, kindergarten, preschool, actually, all the way through grade five, and what does that look like? So our focus right now is on on pre-K through grade five. Um, That will be rolling over into the high school and middle school at a later time. 
So that's been some of the work that we've been doing um, on the student achievement side of things uh, based on our strategic plan. Another one that we really focused on was consistent attendance. We know that when kids attend school, their outcomes are going to be much greater. You know, when we look at our graduation, wanting to increase graduation rates, one of the aspects is there's a lot of research that ties and connects school attendance with the outcome of graduation. You know, we believe in that all students should graduate. And as we move forward um, to really identify how to make that outcome better, we have to look at way, going way back to the beginning of kindergarten, what does that attendance look like and how do we promote attendance? So we've been working and having conversations with our county uh, to try to encourage attendance and uh, to work through any barriers that are there t- uh, for student attendance. And, of course, really appreciate the partnership that we have with the county as we look at how to promote consistent attendance for our students. Um, attendance, obviously, is is something that's been kind of knocked around since the pandemic. <laughs> yes, it has. So, unfortunately, what is during the pandemic, we had a lot of conversations with parents around, you know, it, that, that it, attendance is, is really important. We always have said that. But during the pandemic, uh, the state sent out some guidance saying, you know, maybe you can back off on attendance. We have to be more, um, you know, more concerned about what's actually happening with the pandemic and so forth. And so attendance was backed off a little bit. And now we're basically trying to restate that and say, no, we know that student outcomes are affected when students are not in attendance. And so there's a more concerted effort, a concerted push to uh, move the needle on student attendance. We know that there's a direct correlation between student attendance and student success. Okay. And we are all about student success of a majority of schools. Um, so as a result, we have to look back and say attendance is one of those driving factors. We need to make sure we move the needle on this. So to any parents uh, that are listening, obviously uh, we believe in attendance. Uh, attendance of school uh, make, make sure that uh, students are getting those outcomes, getting those those skills that they need. And so we're certainly asking parents uh, for their help in promoting student attendance. Okay. All right. Well, um, yeah, I was, I was, well, my dad was the elementary principal. So going to school was kind of a high priority in our household. <laughs> yes. Uh, so my kids, uh, unfortunately, uh, having me as their, their father, yes, uh, you're pretty much going to school unless you're uh, really, really, really sick. You know, yeah. they're either wonderful actresses or... Um, they were really sick. So, you know, that's always something we, we look at. One of the things I, w- I wanted to talk a little bit about um, that might be uh, of interest to those people that are listening is we also are in the need of uh, high-quality subs for our classrooms okay. and paraprofessional positions. You know, that's mm. something that we're constantly looking at. I will say that we've – I feel like that needle has moved. We seem to have – uh, better fill rates. We seem to have more people available for subbing, which is great. But I wanted to get the message out that to sub um, in in all schools in Minnesota, if you have a four-year degree already, it doesn't have to be in teaching. There's kind of this misnomer out there that you have to have a four-year degree in teaching to uh, be a short-call sub-license. In Minnesota, if you have a four-year degree in anything, you qualify for what's called a short-call sub-license, which is a temporary license that um, basically allows you to sub for up to 15 days in, in a school district. And so we're encouraging those people that maybe are interested in wanting to become a teacher sub or a paraprofessional sub, 
to look into this. And if you are interested in getting a what's called a short call teaching license, that allows you to sub in Minnesota schools for up to 15 days. If you have a four-year degree, and so if you have a four-year degree already and are interested in subbing, we'd welcome the conversation to talk with you about uh, that maybe subbing is an, is an option for you. It it's, offers a lot of great flexibility, and it fills a fundamental need in our schools. Okay. Jeremy, what else is happening in the district these days? Yeah, so um, just continuing on with our, our theme of moving through the strategic plan really methodically, um, a, a couple other things that we're doing in the district right now, uh, there's a mentorship program that was established to help support teachers. We know that, and we've known for a long time that Teaching is a profession in which we seem to have a lot of people that maybe start teaching and then in the first five years get out of teaching for whatever reason. And so we are really beefing up our mentorship program because we okay. know that we are already in a situation where we have a lot of teacher shortage. And as part of the strategic planning process, we identified that supporting our staff and having that high-quality staff available to our students was really crucial, not only to our students from a relational standpoint, but also from an academic standpoint. You know, when we can put the best teacher in front of them, that helps everyone. So what we've done is we've developed a mentorship program along with our uh, education association Mm -hmm. to try to focus on those needs of those beginning teachers to make sure that they feel supported and have the skills and disposition. Uh, So oftentimes what we end up doing in education is we get a brand new teacher, we hand them the keys to their classroom, we say the Classrooms down on the you know first one on the right. Well, that's not supporting teachers. That's not how we develop and mentor teachers. We need to be intentional about it. So, again, in, in partnership with our our education association, uh, BEA, we work together with them and said, how do we better support teachers? How do okay. we make sure that we put the environment and the atmosphere in place for them so they can be successful? When teachers are successful, students are successful. And so we worked really hard on that. I just want to thank, uh, you know, the teachers who were involved in that planning process, uh, BEA, uh, for their work in coming together with the district to develop this plan. Um, it is in the first year of implementation, so I have no doubt at the end of the year that we're going to take a review and say, okay, what went really well and what maybe needs to be tweaked for next year. But I'm happy that we are beefing this program up, that we're really trying to support and mentor those new teachers yeah. with the hope that we can keep high-quality staff here and we won't see some of the the turnover that we see with some of the beginning teaching uh, ranks that we, we've unfortunately witnessed the last, you know, 20, 30 years in education where we have a lot of people wash out in that, that last or that first five years. What we know is when, when teachers are supported, they're going to stay in the profession. When they stay in the profession, that's good for kids. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Uh, and, you know, finding good help apparently is hard to find in all <laughs> All aspects of life these days. So certainly uh, you want good teachers. That's hugely important. You know, it was interesting. I, I get to meet with the new teachers, the new teachers to Bemidji every year. Um, and I've, had, I've gotten to uh, meet with, in other districts I've been a part of, the, the new teachers and, and just that uh, first conversations. And what I was really impressed with with this year's uh, group especially was just the level of dedication um, you know, the, the questions that were asked by the new teachers this year were, were very good and gave mm-hmm. me a, a great uh, sense of, you know, I think we're going the right direction. Um, what I heard from, from our new teachers was a lot of questions around how do I become a better teacher? How do I reach these goals? How do I put things in place in my classroom that are going to be beneficial for our students? 
I usually don't see those kind of questions from first-year teachers or new to the district uh, teachers. And so I was really encouraged this year in in meeting. So I think we've got a a good group, a good cohort of uh, beginning teachers. And then I'm hoping by pairing them with this mentorship program that that's only going to produce better results for us in the future. Another thing that we're working in in conjunction with our teachers on is uh, revising our staff development process. That's, again, another piece of the the strategic plan and and trying to align our staff development to our student needs, uh, align our staff development to what what the data is showing. Um, And so that's been a real interesting process as our staff development committee starts working on how do we make sure, again, going back to we've got the mentorship program, but then how do we develop our entire staff to give them the training that they need the tools that they need to be better instructors to have um, a more successful outcomes in their classroom. Again, going back to that thought process that when teachers are successful, that translates into student success because when when teachers have the skills and the dispositions and the tools they need, they're much more effective uh, with the students that they serve. Um, so again, that was all part of that strategic plan was going through that. Now, there's several other things to come, mm-hmm. um, but this is the, the start, and this is what we're putting our energies into this first year as we get ready for the second year of the strategic plan. Okay. Well, school, uh, as we said, is well underway, and we're, we're already wrapping up the fall sports schedule, winter sports schedule starting. Practices have started. Some sports will be starting very soon. Um, first of all, what, what do you see the role of extracurriculars in a school district as? So it's interesting because we have so many people that like to give opinions on education. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes I've heard people talk about how much they envy European models. You know, that, well, if we, if we could just model our schools after the European schools, we'd be much better off. Uh, I had an experience a few years ago in which we had a sister school from Norway that came over, sent their administration over to, you know, check out things. And one of the things that they really emphasized that, that I took for granted was you have so much school spirit here. We yes. wish we wish that we could have this level of school spirit. We wish that our students would get excited about being a part of our school like they do here. And I, I that took me back a little bit because I was expecting them to say, well, you know, we're so much further ahead or we're and they were really focused on the school spirit aspect of how students really identified with our schools here versus this is where I go to school. No, it's my school here. This is something that our students identify with. And a lot of that, I think, I really attribute that to extracurriculars. I mean, if you think about Friday, you know, the Friday night's light, lights, the uh, football experience that we've had, or if you go to a volleyball game, or if you go to any kind of extracurricular activity, there's just that that you can't even quantify it. It's that school experience, that school spirit experience where people are proud to be there. They're excited about their team. They're excited to be a lumberjack, right? And so that's what I think is great that comes from extracurriculars from a school spirit standpoint. But then I think about all the transferable skills, right? Leadership, communication, collaboration, how do we deal with conflict, right? So sometimes students don't always get along in, in, their, in their views on whether that's competing for a position or maybe having a different thought process about where the team should go. Those are all transferable skills when you think about life. And so there's so much, so many life lessons that are learned because of extracurriculars. And so when I look at extracurriculars, I'm an academics guy, right? Mm-hmm. That's my primary focus is I believe that you know, in the quality education, I want to see excellence in everything that we do. But when I look at extracurriculars, 
everyone else sees the football game. Everyone else sees the volleyball game. When I look at that, I think about all the skills that they're learning mm-hmm. Absolutely. from, from those, those aspects of the, the leadership and the, the how to be on a team, how to work together, how to disagree, and how to have those conversations and learn to work with people that maybe you don't like, yeah. right? I yeah. mean, that's a really important skill. And so as a superintendent, I look at extracurriculars, and that's what I see the benefit of extracurriculars being is not only the school spirit but the real-life lessons. I also think that uh, extra- extracurriculars – particularly sports, but, you know, going to concerts or going to the musical or whatever, that's the connective tissue to the community at large. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a great way where the whole community rallies around the school, particularly in a one high school town. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and I've seen that over my whole life, really. I love going to games. And so, yes, I'm, I'm going to support our team, right? Mm-hmm. When I'm at games, I actually – oftentimes to look out at a crowd and when you see excitement you see people buying in you see people that are like excited to to watch our players and then cheering sometimes when we're when we're losing right Mm -hmm. or whether winning or losing there's there's still that continual support for our students when I see that I mean that just warms my heart to see our our staff our our, our students our community all together on a with a common vision of we're, we're supporting each other. We're trying to back what's happening, and we're we're cheering. And uh, the other thing I really enjoy about Bemidji is I feel like we've got some. We, we cheer well. We cheer for yes the Lumberjacks. We don't cheer against the other team. We cheer yep. for the Lumberjacks. And so, always particularly proud of how our student section has been doing, especially recently. And I in I really enjoy um, the fact that um, with extracurriculars. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to edit this because I totally lost my thought. <laughs> Eighteen minutes. Okay, that's where I have to edit. Um, what was I gonna say? It was really important and profound. <laughs> you always are profound. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's totally gone. Okay. Um, well, we'll just pick it up from there. Okay. Well, so far in the fall, um, we've had uh, some fun. We had a volleyball team make a good Cinderella run, and we just wrapped up the state cross-country meet where Maya Hoffman, um, wow. I mean, yeah, what, yeah. What, a, what a weekend for her. Well, it's interesting because I, I just recently, uh, right before this uh, this interview here, we, we ta- I talked to Krista McRae, our, our AD, and uh, she was telling me that uh, Mia Hoffman has uh, the second uh, – Placing second at state is the highest placing female high school in Bemidji's history. Wow. I thought okay. that was incredible. Yeah. Um, you know, and so uh, just to see that kind of success, um, just, again, I'm, I'm just incredibly proud. Yeah. Um, obviously, cross country is a little, I'm a cross country track kind oh, of guy. Oh, okay. Right? So uh, I understand that oftentimes cross country and track don't get the recognition um, that maybe your other sports do, but uh, just want to make sure that we point that out. Uh, highest placing female high school in Bemidji's history. So, and you know awesome. the, thing, the thing about students involved and invested in extracurricular activities are often then more invested in academic activities mm-hmm. as well for whatever reason. But they do seem to tie together. You know, there's again, I don't want to talk about a lot of studies, but unfortunately, I'm one of those guys kind of <laughs> likes to, to research a little bit. There's there's a lot of studies that are done between. Uh, those students that are involved in extracurriculars and how they view their school. And I, I say that purposely. 
it's their school. So when, when you're involved in extracurriculars, you tend to view your school as your school. You take ownership in it. You have better academic uh, outcomes. Uh, you have more, uh, uh, you're happier with being a part of the school and you feel like you're part of something versus sitting on the outside. And so th- that seems to be true, and that's why I always encourage people to get involved. You know, when we have new students that come in, if I ever have a chance to to visit with them, my first words of encouragement and advice to them are get involved in something. Because when you're involved, you're, the student outcomes are much, much higher when you're involved and are a part of the high school in some way, shape, or form. Okay. Uh, before we wrap it up, I know uh, we're still in contract negotiations. Uh, I know you, you know, a lot of that stuff's behind closed doors, as it should be. But in general, how are you feeling? Well, what I'm what I'm feeling is that, you know, while there's always, you know, any kind of contract negotiations, there's going to be, uh, you know, disagreements about certain things. What I really appreciate is that we're able to talk through issues. We're able to work together to try to solve common uh, issues, both for union and the district. Um, I appreciate that spirit of collaboration that we have. Um, I really like everyone at the table. I, I truly say that. I, I really enjoy working with every single person at the table. And uh, so very much appreciate the, the conversations and collaborations. And, you know, we will obviously always want to, to meet together to serve students. Okay. Anything else before we wrap it up, Jeremy? Well, um, no, I just want to highlight that we do have our fall musical. Uh, oh, that's right. Thursday through Saturday at 7 p.m., uh, in the Bemidji High School Auditorium, and it's The Little Mermaid. So okay, come see that. All right. He's Jeremy Olson. He is the superintendent of schools uh, for School District 31, just giving us an update on what's going on in the district. Love having him in. Jeremy, thank you, as always, for being in here today. Thank you so much. Chatabout has been sponsored by First National Bank Bemidji and the Bemidji Chrysler Center Honda of Bemidji. Thanks for taking time to join us today and through the week. We'll be back with another week of Chatabout on Monday. In the meantime, have a great weekend. Be safe, have fun, and we'll talk to you next week.